0: Hey everyone, we're pumped to be able to share an exclusive trailer with you after the show. From Blue Wire Studios comes Golden Goal, stories of soccer legends. Narrated by fellow Blue Wire host Brandon Kelly, each Monday, two new episodes will take a look into some of soccer's biggest stars and the moments that define their careers. From Holland to Zlatan to Messi to Rapineau and many more, each episode will focus in on the historical plays and personalities that make the sport great. So stay tuned after the episode and listen to Golden Goal, stories of soccer legends wherever you get your podcast. Blue Wire Oxweiler in trouble. Osweiler
1: brought down Khalil Mack. Hey, oh, here comes Bullshot. without a helmet. JJ Watt will always put his fingerprints on a game. Steps up and he's gonna be hit from the side and he's going down. That's a sack. Darius Leonard, the maniac.
0: What's going on everybody? Welcome to the Trench Warfare Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Thorne, and this is presented by Blue Wire. And this week, we have the Offensive Line Masterminds Clinic happening in Frisco, Texas. Um, It's still going on despite everything that's happening in the world. Social distancing will be in effect. Uh, We have a giant ballroom uh, at the Omni Hotel where it's going to be taking place. And man, I'm excited. Um, I'm I'm still not 100% sure if I'm actually going to be personally going. Uh, because I have a wife who is very close to her due date. Um, so that's, that's up in the air, but I am doing all the work for it. Uh, so all the all the film work that I typically do, that I've done the last couple years, will be done, and I'm in the process of that now. So this year I'm actually building tape of the offensive linemen that are going to be there as opposed to pass rushers. So it's going to be cool. I mean, this year it's, it's pretty much going to be the same Idea uh, We're all going gather, to gather together and discuss players, um, but it's going to be cool because the film is going to show the, the the actual offensive lineman in the room carrying out different assignments against pass rushers. So it, the focus is going to be, you know, for instance, I just built Lane Johnson's highlight tape uh, and I included clips from nine, 2019, 2018, 2017. And I try to focus on him against high level rushers. So it's going to be cool to put up the video and have Lane actually just talk about what he was thinking, what he was doing on any given play. And then, of course, that will branch off into conversations about the past rusher and what they like to do. And, um, you know, during this process, everybody takes notes and it just kind of facilitates additional conversation after that. And it really just kind of goes into a lot of cool different directions uh, to hear from all different players because then other offensive linemen will say, well, hey, you know, on on maybe that alignment on that versus that front and that protection, I do this, you know, or I do that, or I'm thinking this. And then, you know, so knowledge is shared all all across the room and it's it's really cool. Uh, So I'm really just deep into the process of that. I just released my uh, top 32 Defensive line rankings for the 2020 season focused on pass rush. So that's over on establishtherun.com. You can get all the information there. Uh, but, you know, I'm going to be releasing some previews. I released my number one pass rushing defensive line heading into 2020 as of this moment. It is the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I think they were probably the best pass rushing unit last year as well and I don't think that's going to really change this year. Even though they lost to Forrest Buckner, who, which is significant, they did spend a first-round pick on Javon Kinlaw from South Carolina, who I think has tremendous potential, and also not just potential, but he has a high floor as a rookie, I think. I think he'll be able to come in, especially in the environment he's going into, where he's going to be put in positions to succeed with really good coaching, And also surrounded by very good players to make an impact. Um, And then when you put him on a defensive line with Eric Armstead, D Ford, and Nick Bosa, you know, I think that that's probably going to be the best pass rush in the NFL, if not one of the five best, you know, because I broke down this list of the 32 teams into tiers. So in that elite tier, I actually had five teams. And then, you know, in tier two, very good pass rushing defensive lines. That one's pretty heavy Um, and then you know after that solid pass rushing defensive lines and that's really the bulk and then after that is below average pass rushing defensive lines there is about four teams in there and then uh, defensive line liabilities there's two and then the bottom feeders there's three so you know for the most part the majority of defensive lines in the NFL are solid or above there's actually 23 of the 32 are solid or above uh, according to my rankings um, now you know these can fluctuate one or two and then occasionally over the course of a the season there's some drastic jumps or falls you know if a, a superstar guy gets hurt or you know when Clowney decides to sign somewhere that's going to boost you know whatever defensive line he signs with everson griffin is another free agent on the market Whenever he signs, that's going to boost one of these groups. Um, But, you know, I like for instance, Seattle, like I have them pretty low. And I think that's because, you know, if they that's going to determine or what's going to determine their ranking going up or down is if Clowney signs with them. Obviously, they'll take a. You know, get get boosted a little bit, but even so, I, you know, I'm not crazy about their defensive line in the pass rush department. I think they have some really good run defenders up front, Jerron Reed and Puna Ford, um, but there's a lot of unproven young guys there, um, along with a guy like Bruce Irvin, who's going to be kind of the, the mentor of the group, but if he's your best pass rusher, the most productive, the most dependable, or has the longest track record, if that's your best pass rusher, then obviously your defensive line, I don't think is very good. And that you know, I think Bruce Irvin's a you know fine player, uh, serviceable. You know, he's a five to seven sack guy a year uh, type of guy, and you know that's fine. Um, But they're going to need one of those young guys to emerge, and if they don't, then having a guy like Clowney will really help them. So I, you know, I know that there's two or three teams reported right now that are in the running for Clowney, and I, I would imagine the Seahawks are one of them. I didn't read the Athletic article that actually said that, but. Um, from what I heard the previous few weeks, that Seattle is definitely still in the market for Clowney. So that's just one team that'll be interesting, but definitely go and check out the article. There's going to be more team previews uh, released on my Twitter account and on the Establish the Run Twitter account. Um, They actually just released today my number four defensive line, which is the Washington Redskins. I think that they have a case for being the best overall defensive line in the NFL, but strictly from a pass rushing perspective, I had them at number four. Um, and they could be higher, but I think it's going to really come down to Ryan Kerrigan if he can get over that hump that he... I mean, he hit a wall last year uh, in his ninth season. Um, he had eight years prior to that where he didn't miss a single game. And I think that ninth year, man, it just it looked like things like he slowed down a bit you know, as the year went on. So I don't know if he'll be able to reclaim more of that 2018 version of himself or if 2019 is more of what we're gonna be getting moving forward. So that'll be interesting to watch. And then also Mont- Montez Sweat, their first round rookie last year, I think he proved that he is still an extremely raw player that needs to really learn a lot of the nuances of rushing the passer and develop his skills and his pass rush plan. Because I think when you watch him on tape, what I saw was just an athlete playing defensive end, a guy who has great length, great athletic ability, and he's just trying to win with pure talent. And he was able to get seven sacks, but of those seven, only one of them was really a high-quality sack, and it came versus back, a backup in 49ers left tackle Justin Skewell. So, you know, I, the other six sacks were against um, either tight ends, he had a couple against Greg Olson, Uh, Against you know versus Carolina, uh, bad quarterback play, just quarterbacks running into him after, you know holding the ball for too long, and then coverage sacks. So six of his seven were as a result of one of those three things. So you can't really look at the sacks and you know use that as a as a talking point for why Sweat had a good rookie year. In my opinion, I think that that's kind of um, you know just flawed. So. You know the tape shows me a guy who needs to learn uh, the position a little bit more, and I'm not saying he can't. Uh, He definitely, you know, he's he's a special athlete, um, but I don't really see it translate on tape as much either. So we'll see. You know, he he's gonna need some time. But the, the, the beautiful thing about it is he's on a defensive line where there's not a lot of pressure on him, even though he is a first round pick. There's a certain amount of pressure there, but in terms of having to produce in the face of You know an inordinate amount of attention i don't think that's going to be the case especially with chase young coming onto the team who could be better than nick bosa was last year which is scary uh so they're loaded um and matt Ioannidis i think is the best interior pass rusher he's one of the most underrated defensive linemen in the nfl um so, yeah, that, those two, the Redskins and the 49ers, have been released so far. So you can read those on my Twitter account, at Brandon Thorne NFL, and on the Establish the Run Twitter account as well. And that's at Establish the Run. So be sure to check those out and stay tuned for some more team preview releases. And to get back to the Offensive Line Masterminds event, I wanted to bring on somebody who could really... Give probably the best insight into the event, aside from Duke Maniweather, who I've had on the show. Another guy who helped create the event with Duke is Philadelphia Eagles right tackle Lane Johnson. So without further ado, here's my interview with Lane Johnson. There's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, Betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and Bet Online is leading the way. With the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches, and if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. If you're looking for something else other than sports, Bet Online also has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Just visit BetOnline.ag. And use promo code BlueWire for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BlueWire. Bet online, your online wagering experts. All right, everybody, I'm here with Philadelphia Eagles' right tackle, Lane Johnson. Um, it's funny, we actually recorded this, uh, but we're re recording because I messed up on my end. So, uh, really appreciate you doing this again. And I, I wanted to really kind of just get into the offensive line masterminds uh, clinic and just kind of what's going on this weekend and just to talk about the event uh, in general. So, um, yeah, man, how you doing? Doing good, man. Been uh, quarantined up,
1: um, getting ready for training camp date, which they, they've given us. It's supposed to be July 28th. But I think, you know, everybody's playing it by ear, but just staying on top of training and That's really it, man. That's that's all we can do at this point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. And you know, this, this uh, offensive line masterminds thing happening for the third year in a row now um, is doing a really, I think just a great service to the position um, in a time when there's not a lot of extra time to get a lot of like the nuance taken care of or talked about, um, you know, with the team. So to do something like this in the off season, I think has been really beneficial for a lot of players and, Especially this off season, so you know kind of what are you expecting this year for you know with the event?
1: yeah, I mean, this whole thing came together uh duke really came up with the idea about forming um this meeting or convention, if you will to to get a bunch of the guys in n f l who who all do the same thing and talk about what we do, playing football um and really just dive into the position more uh, you know we talk from anything from technique the training to to nutrition and and really just everything involved with it and it allows for everybody to to be in one room Um, like I discussed earlier you know usually after a game you have about five minutes to really chat with other players that you that you're competing against before you have to go in the locker room so really uh, you know we get in there there's there's great dialogue there's great conversations going back and forth and you know this is our third year and each year the the numbers keep increasing Uh, we've had college guys starting to come now and Really it's just a place to learn and, and that that goes for everybody. I think everybody can at least take a, some advice or, or learn from, from other players in the room and, and that's something that I look forward to. And I think the timing is is uh is right too, right before training camp, a few weeks before training camp starts to, to kind of get that mindset back into the game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, for you personally going into the event and just the the previous events as well, like what what is your I guess, mindset going in and, and also um, I know you kind of touched on it already, but like what what are some things that you've picked up and some of the players that maybe you look at and, you know, try to pick up the little things here and there from their game?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, you know, with every every player, like I said, it, it, this this game's an art. Hmm. People play it differently. Um, you know, some people have better hands than others. Some people have better anchors than others. Some people have better, you know, jump sets, some are more efficient. You know, that's the that's the beauty of this of this thing. There's there's so many ways to play it. But really, man, I, I love just, just hearing the other guys talk, how they approach the game, you know, their their game week, how they study film, uh Teron, uh Mitchell Schwartz, guys like that, um guys that are that are super talented and um I I love how um, you know they simplify things and really um I guess you create a good game plan on, on attacking opponents and, and what to expect week in and week out. And uh, that's probably been the most interesting, um, you know, part about this is hearing their different perspectives um, on the game and and really just uh, getting to learn more about each player and what what makes them tick.
0: Yeah, and, and just, you know, to kind of go down that a little bit further with opponents, you know, two opponents that you faced off against for a while now in, in the division, Demarcus Lawrence and Ryan Kerrigan, can you just talk a little bit about each of those players and, and what about each guy to you has been the most impressive or challenging thing about them?
1: Yeah, I would say with Kerrigan, he, he's extremely underrated. You see a guy that's, what, second all-time in the Redskins, um, you know, for far sacks. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy, I think, you know, just as far as his attitude and his tenacity, um, how hard he plays, his motor is definitely a, a plus. And really just his strength, man, he does a good job of, rushing upfield very, very quick, getting the getting tackle to turn his, his shoulders, and then he's aiming for that inside shoulder, trying to pry you open. That's kind of his game. Yeah. Uh, with Demarcus, man, uh, he's gotten increasingly better the, over the years. I feel like he's gotten stronger in the run game. Uh, he beat me for a sack this year, uh, you know, with a chop cross, which you know is coming. Um, yeah. But ultimately, I think he, he's become more dynamic. I think I think you've seen it watching film. He's become stronger at the point of attack in the run game. And, and really, man, his his motor is really you know when you watch film with him early in his career versus now he's he's a total different player as far his as effort and and uh, how hard he's going.
0: Yeah, one thing about Demarcus that always stood out to me, aside from all the things that you mentioned, is particularly how good he is on end tackle stunts and how hard he's coming in at the guard, and he does a nice job of picking him off a lot of the time uh, when, he, when they play other opponents as well. Is, is that something that you and Brandon talk about going into the week or notice about him, and, like, how do you kind of – Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, I mean, I as far as our sets, I mean, I think the idea behind games, these guys want to create separation between the guard and the tackle, create that space. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, with Marcus, you know, with some guys in the league, you can kind of uh, – you can look at their stance sometimes and, and tell, you know, maybe that they may be running the ET or TE. Um, but he does a good job of really not giving anything away with his stance. So, um, you know, as you play more in this league, players get smarter. He's definitely uh, very, very intelligent. And he does a good – he does uh, do a good job uh, ricocheting off that guard and creating that loop for that uh, – for the deep tackle. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, even though his sack numbers were down this year, um, you know, as far as him being a dominant player on the field, he, he's one of those.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I think people are too quick to to cast guys off or to, to really, you know, kind of award guys as well based on one year. But yeah, I'm totally with you. He's still right at the top of his game, even though the sack numbers are down. Another guy that I want to talk about a little, briefly here is uh, somebody I think that you mentioned last year at Masterminds and somebody who I've thought has been underrated for quite a while now, and that's Jabal Sheard. You guys have had a uh, a battle uh, I think it was was the year before last uh, that was when- yeah
1: two years ago yeah I did a when I go back and watch some of the tape I, I did a you know overset him a lot and I think their their plan of action was to run games so he would run he would uh, line up very tight and I think whenever he watches my film whenever guys line up tight I do a good job of jump setting them and kind of eliminating them quick but as um, far as a guy who has a strong bull rush, strong hands, a heavy head that he leads with, yeah. he's, I, he's, you know, when you watch him, him, he's he's tremendously underrated. Um, and the guy, I guess, it just gets more productive. But he's, you know, probably one of the better guys in the league at setting up those games, and he does a good job of, of moving guys just because of his brute, brute strength. Um, yeah, so he's, a, he's definitely a guy that kind of caught me off guard and really gave me a battle that
0: day, a, a long battle. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a really good game or a good matchup to watch. And I mean, when you just said that you know, a heavy head and you know, good play strength, another guy that you played twice last year, I think, Cam Jordan. Is that kind of another guy that falls into yes. that category for you?
1: Yeah, Cam Jordan's one of the tougher guys just because of how big he is. You know, a lot of these edge rushers are you know anywhere from, you know, Bond's what, two forty, 240, two forty five to you know, got Khalil Mack who's two sixty five, two seventy. Cam Jordan's damn near, you know, two ninety five, two ninety and and they'll line, it, they'll line his ass up in a damn 27 technique as why as he can go <laughs> and, and just tee off on fucking tackles and he'll tee off and, and, and he'll make you a set on the bull rush and then mm-hmm. once he does that a few times he'll he'll fake the bull rush and, and and do you know do an arm over or club move and get past you so <clears throat> his play strength is definitely up there um, and he's another guy who's you know just I, I've had many battles throughout my career but he's he's continued to elevate his game. He's, he's been, you know, kind of leader of that defense for the past few years. And, uh, really when, when it comes to maybe complete DNs, he may be some of the, one of the best in the game, just from how big he is and and how strong a, a play style he has.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Completely. And the thing about him too, that's really cool. is like, he's such an iron man, man. I mean, he, I don't think he's missed more than a game or two in his entire career. So, and he's been playing for quite a while. That's one thing about him that, I think stands out. I think he has more consecutive starts than almost any defensive player in the league right now. So he's, you know, him and Kerrigan uh, were up there for a while in that regard.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: So That's, that's pretty impressive. But um, switching gears a little bit to uh, something that you have going on that I think, uh, you know, we talked about it earlier, but I you know, just want the people to hear it again, um, the outside the the lane, uh, Instagram live show that you got going on. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Because uh, I've been enjoying it, especially the episode of Fletcher Cox.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's something that started off with my, my marketing man Brian kind of brought to my attention and I was kind of reluctant at first. Uh, but once uh, I started, you know, start off a little dicky and, and had some technical problems, you know, with the Wi-Fi, but um, really just something that just, keeps getting more interesting to me. I love um, you know hearing these guys uh, their backgrounds, how they got into the profession and, and kind of their personalities and and really um, just kind of pick their brains from a fan standpoint. I guess ask some of the questions that you know maybe anybody would, would kind of like to ask and it's really been fun. I think the dialogue's been great and uh, it, it's something that that I've really enjoyed uh, you know during quarantine with you know a lot of time on our hands.
0: Yeah, and it, it kind of, you know, it reminds me of what you said earlier again is uh, just, I mean, you kind of have a, an eye for for scouting too as well, right? That's something that you would maybe like to get into one day is just just because of how much you enjoy watching the game and watching players and studying them.
1: Yeah, uh, I think, you know, w- with that, it's, you know, uh, like I, I've said a few times before, this game's an art. You know, everybody has a different repertoire of, of what they do, what makes them successful. And, uh, you know, really I just like diving into the backgrounds of guys and, uh, you know, finding out, you know, maybe how they grew up, what, 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 uh, what drives them, and then really uh, watch them on the field, man. It's, it's a lot of fun to, to break down guys and really get to know them better throughout their play because, you know, when you watch a guy play, you can really, I guess, understand a lot more about them. You know, you, you, can, you can judge a guy by how much effort he's bringing every play. You know, it's, you know the eye in the sky doesn't lie. And so you can really learn a lot, I think, about his play, you know, his playing abilities as, as well as the person just from a football game.
0: Yeah, that could be a good idea for the next – or not the next, but just one of these, you know, outside the lane shows coming up is to get a couple pass rushers on there. That'd be be—that'd be kind of cool to see that dynamic back and forth with you and somebody else.
1: Yeah, yeah, that is a good idea. Probably something I will do. Uh, I have Fletch and maybe get a few DNs on there if
0: they'll come. Yeah, on. yeah, that would be cool, man. But – all right. Well, Offensive Line Masterminds is this weekend. Uh, really excited about that and just everything that's going to entail. And um, yeah, man, just thanks for doing this and stay safe out there. And I'll, I'll see you this weekend.
1: Oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, the, the venue is pretty big. So I think uh, the, the social distancing will, will be in effect. So, as um, right. you know, far as the media standpoint, I uh, talked to uh, Baldinger. I think he's he's going to have COVID testing there, so if the players want to get some of that knocked out, you know, before they have to do it again in camp. So I think we're going to try to do that too.
0: Nice. All right, man. We'll, um, we'll talk to you soon.